Well, hopefully you had a uh, good, relaxing weekend. I know I definitely took the uh, Saturday and Sunday to, to unplug as best I can and do stuff around the house and get ready for the week uh, because it's going to be a busy week. Of course, you've got the Illinois House coming back into session. be interesting to see what they constitute as they form committees and pass rules. Uh, we may have uh, a little bit more on all of that, but uh, tons of other things going on this week, uh, including uh, you've got uh, the ongoing issues of litigation against the state's gun ban. Uh, earlier this month, of course, we're at the tail end of January, but January 10th, Governor J.B. Pritzker, he signed the law that uh, essentially bans the sale of semi-automatic guns and magazines over a certain capacity uh, and requires a registry for those who have those firearms uh, before the ban went into place. And that registry opens up October 1st, and you have to register those firearms in the state of Illinois by January 1st of 2024. Uh, so that uh, that window is opening uh, in, in the months ahead. Uh, even though if you look at now, January to October, yeah, we've got nine months, but uh, those nine months are going to go like that, especially when you have all kinds of litigation against the gun ban in the courts. And we've been tracking this rather closely, even to the point where uh, I oversaw uh, the, the the filing of a lawsuit in Macon County with uh, State Representative Dan Calkins filing that lawsuit. We're actually going to talk with Representative Calkins later on in the 7 o'clock hour this morning, so looking forward to that conversation. But that's just one of several state lawsuits that have been filed against the state's gun ban. Uh, you also have uh, the federal filings that have happened, uh, including the Illinois State Police last week, as we saw uh looking to consolidate three different federal court cases against the state's gun ban into one case that was previously in state court but transferred to federal court out of Crawford County. Uh, so we'll watch and see where that goes. But there's a separate federal case that's actually been in the in the, in the the offing for uh, since September of last year. And this is a case that was up against the Naperville gun ban. But last week, you had uh, an amendment to that case that uh, essentially wrapped in the state's gun ban. Uh, and this is uh, the, the case out of federal court where uh, they had a hearing on Friday, a status hearing, uh, a hearing on the oral arguments for uh, the, the request for a temporary restraining order. And for those of you that uh, follow me on Twitter, you may have seen this, but uh, I did tune in. I uh, was able to get a number for the, uh, the, the federal case and uh, was able to essentially uh, hear the judge and the defendants of Naperville and the, uh, the, the plaintiffs. Uh, representing the, uh, the the gun stores in that area, uh, so so the federal case um, that uh, that was heard on Friday, Bevis versus the city of Naperville, uh, they were looking to ultimately have a temporary restraining order issued against the uh, the, the 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 gun ban uh, just for the city of Naperville, but uh, ultimately they wrapped in the state's gun ban. Uh, so up front, the judge said that they'll hear oral arguments, and this was late Friday afternoon. I think the hearing actually started at like 3.30. Uh, so they went through the oral arguments. Uh, there was not going to be a decision. She told the plaintiffs and the defendants that uh, she's going to research and write an opinion, but then they went ahead and had their oral arguments. So the plaintiff's attorney talked about the gun ban and points to the Effingham temporary restraining order in a separate state case. That's limited to just 866 plaintiffs, and they argued that uh, they need to get a temporary restraining order in place against the gun ban for their plaintiffs. The judge asked about worries that the Naperville case 
could be consolidated into a different case with other judges. And the plaintiff's attorney said that they need immediate relief. Went on that uh, the plaintiff's attorney said that they, uh, they notified the Illinois Attorney General's office of their amended complaint, even leaving a message, they say, with staff uh, so they know about it. But defense says that they have not seen proper notification of that. We'll see how that plays in because the defense in this case in particular that was heard Friday in federal court in the Northern District the defense only represents Naperville, not the state of Illinois. So the plaintiffs, they went on to say that their rights can't wait for a TRO to be issued, and they want that TRO, which would last about two weeks for the entire city of Naperville if they were to get that TRO. The defense said that uh, it would be unique for a federal judge to prevent one police chief from enforcement of a state law. Uh, so arguments continued to talk about the U.S. Supreme Court precedents. Plaintiffs' attorneys said that the law bans bearable arms that are common, including common use magazines, and that they've met their burden for a TRO. And the plaintiff's attorney says that uh, you know the Bruin decision doesn't limit to just the home. He said that there are ton- tens of millions of common guns and hundreds of thousands of common magazines that are out there, and you cannot, quote, absolutely ban common weapons that are in common use in the defense of the home. Went on further, the judge questioned about the rights to sell guns, and the plaintiff's attorney said that uh, in the case of Azell, which we'll actually be talking with Rhonda Azell later on in the 8 o'clock hour about uh, being brought up in this court case, and in particular, this aspect of this argument in the Naperville case. Uh, and uh, Rhonda Azell is uh, the plaintiff in a case that went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court where it talked about uh, the right to acquire guns. So the judge was questioning if in that case it talked about the right to sell guns. And the plaintiff said the right to acquire is the flip side of the right to sell. So the defense attorneys, they argued that that was not the case, uh, and then they went on from there, uh, arguing more. But the judge went on and finally said that uh, they'll dig into it over the weekend and get something out shortly. So what's that something? Could it be a temporary restraining order? We shall see. Uh, But you also have uh, possible temporary restraining orders that we're still waiting on rulings for out of uh, White County. That's another case that uh, Tom DeVore has put together. Uh, So you've got uh, a couple of uh, temporary restraining order rulings that we expect here in the days ahead. What's going to happen with those? While you've got other lawsuits that are being filed, including one from State Representative Dan Calkins, including one, uh, I think, uh, a third case that Tom DeVore is compiling with other plaintiffs. So you could see an interesting kind of uh, menagerie of sorts of different lawsuits that are being brought up in different parts of the state, where then you have uh, temporary restraining orders issued in one part of the state for one area, a federal temporary restraining order over here, a uh, a state temporary restraining order over there. So you've got this collection of different uh, ways it's being enforced or not enforced, plus the 90 plus sheriffs that are saying that they're not going to enforce this. Uh, It's going to make for an interesting week. There's no question about it. We'll be covering it all here with Springfield's Morning News on 92.7 WMAY. Springfield's News and Talk, weekday mornings, 6 to 9. I'm Greg Bishop. You can also follow me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and you can watch live along with everyone else on YouTube as Last week, shared with you some uh, of my efforts to try to get some Democrats at the Illinois State House to tell me why they voted no for a measure that... Uh, bans assault weapons as they define them in the law that passed. Really, it's semi-automatic weapons that people argue are in common possession, including 
uh, the prohibition of future sales of magazines that hold more than 10 rounds for rifles or magazines that hold more than 15 rounds for handguns. So obviously this ban now in effect, you've got a whole host of questions being asked, including something I've got to get down to the bottom of this week. And that is, is this being enforced already and who's enforcing it and what kind of enforcement efforts have there been made at this point? Uh, there's a story already floating around that uh, somebody went to go purchase some semi-automatic weapons that, from a store that was selling those and uh, they, the, the story is that they were visited by law enforcement who requested to see the purchased firearms, which were then uh, taken into custody. Uh, so uh, what's going on here? And as far as the enforcement and who is actually enforcing this, especially if a lot of sheriffs across the state are not willing to enforce this, 90 plus sheriffs across the state not willing to enforce this. While you've got lawsuits sprinkled all throughout the state in both state and federal courts. Uh, but uh, if you remember, I tried to tr get some Democrats at the state house that have uh, either uh, voted no or did not vote at all when this came up earlier this month. And those who voted no that I approached, uh, they just they, they refrained from providing comment. They declined to, to provide comment. Uh, but I did talk with State Representative Dan K uh, Dave Kaler from Peoria, uh, State Senator Dave Kaler, and he, uh, he, he laid out some of his rationale for why he chose not to cast a vote for this particular measure uh, when they were uh, voting for this back in January 10th. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's, there's uh, things in the bill I support. There's things in the bill I don't support, and uh, so you know this is uh, one of those issues that uh, uh, is polarized on, on both sides. And so um, at that moment, I just felt like I couldn't I couldn't do either thing. So, so what did you hear from, from constituents? Um, the usual that uh, you know there's folks on one side and folks on the other side, and they they uh, you know have very strong opinions and, and emotions about this. Uh, uh, so we'll, you know, wait to see what, what happens in the courts, and uh, we may have to come back and uh, look at some other other fixes. But uh. So again, uh, we'll have to see what happens in the courts, and there's a lot of happenings in the courts. We've gone through them, right? I think there's now eight different uh, uh, cases that have been brought forward, uh, including the latest from State Representative Dan Calkins, who filed one in Macon County. That's on top of a state's attorney uh, who up in McHenry County filed a lawsuit against the, the ban. Uh, you've also got, uh, you know, the federal cases that are uh, working their way through the courts. And one was heard in um, Friday evening uh, where you've got uh, the, 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 the challenge against Naperville's gun ban that now includes Illinois' gun ban. A federal judge taking that under advisement with a possible TRO being ruled upon in the days ahead, as well as a possible TRO being ruled upon uh, come, uh, you know, the, this week from White County, where uh, attorney Thomas DeVore has that case ahead. Uh, so there's tons of moving pieces here. Uh, but what's also interesting is, you know, we mentioned the the sheriffs that are not going to be enforcing this. If you look at uh, one map in particular from a website called uh, Sanctuary Counties, uh, you can see that uh, you've got a map of Illinois. This is as of uh, June of 2021. So even this is uh, outdated. Uh, but you can see all of the green is where there are Second Amendment sanctuary counties across the state. And these are counties where they've either passed resolutions opposing any kind of broad weapons ban or that they're, um, you know, not going to put resources towards enforcing a broad weapons ban. Uh, but then you look at uh, a nationwide perspective and you can clearly see where the issue of the Second Amendment is being upheld in counties across the country. Uh, it looks like around 61 percent or so. 
are um, saying that they are sanctuary counties for the Second Amendment. So this is, uh, again, kind of showing a trajectory of sorts of a clear divide uh, among some who want to uh, pass measures to limit Second Amendment versus those who see the Second Amendment as a uh, constitutional right, a civil right, an inalienable right, uh, one that uh, cannot be infringed as the Second Amendment's final clause uh, suggests. So uh, we'll watch all of this, and uh, it's going to be a busy week just to see where all of these different court cases go and all the different sentiments go as well. Uh, but, of course, you can follow along. A uh, good way to do it is to follow me on Twitter, uh, where you can see some of the latest things we put together, including the stories and articles I produce throughout the uh, throughout the week uh, for the Center Square and also Illinois Radio Network. Uh, you can watch video segments. You can and do a whole bunch more uh, as well with Twitter and also YouTube. Don't forget that. Uh, just search out Bishop on Air and you can find me practically everywhere. All right. So a lot more coming up here on WMAY, including on this issue. Uh, we'll talk with State Representative Dan Calkins live just after 730 this morning. Uh, and then uh, we'll talk with Rhonda Azell. Uh, from Chicago Guns Matter about her name and her case being brought up in a separate federal case challenging Naperville's gun ban. Uh, so a lot of uh, a lot of back and forth to get to here on WMAY. It's now 7:30.